Glory, glory, Sacramento. Hello, and welcome to this very special edition of the 916 Republic Podcast. Nolan, why is it a special edition? It's a special edition podcast because we are going, in just a few moments, going to interview our very own Hayden Partain. Well, formerly very own. Formerly very <laughs> own, but forever in our hearts, Hayden Partain. Um, forever Nolan's We've been teasing, yes, forever my guy. Um <laughs> Not in like I don't have like a crush on him. I just admire like you know what? he's no, my guy. Like we talked about in fi- like fantasy football, you have your guy. He's my guy. He's yeah. your guy. Yeah. So Nolan admires his character and his physique, but he doesn't have a crush. <laughs> yeah. No crush here. Yeah. No, no crush no here. No crush nope. here. None at all. We all believe you, Nolan. So Thanks. in this interview, we start off by talking about uh, you know his journey to Sacramento, how mm-hmm. he went from uh, you know youth to college to uh, Des Moines Menace, and then to Sacramento. We also talk about some things from specifically this last season, which I think was very enlightening. And I think we found that we were right more than I think we were expecting to be Mm -hmm. right. That was kind of the conversation we were having over dinner Uh after this interview. And then we also talked about some differences between Paul Buckle and Simon Elliott. Uh, We... It's hard. It's hard to remember what the interview was about versus the hour and a half yeah. afterward that Hayden gave us. It, I mean, at least it felt like that long. Yeah. To just talk about stuff off air. Yeah. Just which again, <laughs> we were right way more than we yeah. thought we were going to be with some of the educated guesses, I guess, that we were making. So, this is a really good interview. I think if you're into the kind of the workings of a team. And mm-hmm. how uh, contracts get negotiated, how players uh, k- get communicated with from management, mm. and if you're interested in uh, how a little bit of tactics as well, mm. uh, we do we do some kind of tactical talks. Um, this is the episode for you, and, and we also talk about Hayden's personal life. He's newly married and mm. stuff like that. So, uh, without further ado, here is our interview with Hayden Partain. All right, and we are joined now uh, by Hayden Partain, yes. former midfielder, sadly, of the nine. <laughs> nine. He played for the nine one six Republic. Yeah. No, he played for the Sacramento Republic. Hayden, how's it going? Good. How are you all? Doing we're well. Good. Yeah, we're Doing good. good. It's a little, yeah, it's a little stuffy in me. this closet thing. Yeah. <laughs> calling the studio. Harry Potter's closet. Yes, yeah, it definitely. is. Hey, it's teal though, so it's an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice color. Yeah. Um, well, let's just let's just jump right in. If unless you guys have any other pleasantries, do you want? No, I didn't think so. No, okay, just do it. Hey, could you just walk us through uh, your playing career after college, and you know, just what led to you signing with the team? Yeah, I mean, it's honestly kind of a crazy story. Uh, so I graduated December two thousand sixteen, Wake Forest. Um, we lost in the national championship to Stanford. Mm. Um, I had. During the time, actually, I had like an Achilles injury and I was getting uh, Lycodin shots in my heel, wow. like numbing shots because I was like barely able to walk. And I was playing games like that for like the last three games with Wake. Um, so after the season, I was kind of struggling to even just play, you know, um, or walk. Yeah, or walk. <laughs> so it was kind of it was kind of a stressful time. I went home. Had spent some time with my family. We, uh, I contacted an agent, and they were speaking with me. And I was in the MLS uh, draft. I didn't go to the combine. It wasn't even like a talks because um, I knew I couldn't. If I went there, it would have just hurt my, you know, reputation because I couldn't really even do anything. Yeah. Um. So then I didn't get drafted. Uh. Then I had like nine USL teams contacting me. 
So my first trial, I went to Louisville City with James okay. O'Connor. Um, I went there. Um, for me as a player, uh, a combine is really hard for me to show well um, because when you're just put in with a bunch of pool pool of players that are just super athletic and they're going to be tricky wingers, other things, and I'm a very simple, systematic player, and I compliment players that do stuff like that. You know, I want to get the balls to people that are super creative, you know, skillfully and stuff. Not saying that I can't do that, but I just play simple, you know. Yeah. So um, I didn't make the team there. I went to North Carolina FC, same thing, didn't make the team there. I went to Tulsa Roughnecks, didn't even make the team there. <laughs> and then I went and played in preseason with Pittsburgh Riverhounds and I did pretty well there and then they dropped me too so I went back home I had no teams I had no money because I'd spent my own money to do <laughs> and, all these and trials. home is is Dallas right? yeah Dallas okay. yeah Frisco Texas so just north of Dallas okay um so yeah dude it was it was crazy so then what happened was this guy named John Pascarella and he's now actually the Oklahoma City coach um he just got hired he called me up and he's like, hey, Hayden, like I saw that you were not with a team or anything. I'm going to be the coach of Des Moines Menace. Can you like figure out something to do for like three months until the PDL season comes up and I'll pay for your apartment and I'll pay for food and we'll help you get a job and you can play for us. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Deal. You know, mm-hmm. I had no leads um, during the time. My wife was going through a lot of health issues. Um, so I was helping take care of her. I was Ubering. I was coaching ah, for Solar. Wow. So I played for Solar growing up. So I helped coach with okay. Solar. So I was doing so, like three jobs. So you lived in Frisco, but you weren't a part of the Dallas Academy. You were part of Solar FC. Right. Solar Solar Chelsea FC. So okay. we wore Chelsea uniforms, sadly. I'm an Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Man. I'm a United fan, so you're doing. I'm pretty sure you're doing better than United right now. So. I don't know, um, but I so I didn't play with the SC Dallas Academy. I only played with them and won Adidas Generation Cup. So I grew okay. up with Kellen Acosta. I grew up with a couple other guys that went through their homegrown system, um, and they're a great, great program. Um, but I wasn't a part of that truly, you know, other than for a five month spell. So then you were with Des Moines Menace, mm-hmm. and then how did that turn into a contract with Sacramento? So. I didn't, I like fired my agent. I hadn't paid him anything at this point because I hadn't gotten a deal. And I was like, dude, I play for the best team in college soccer. Yeah. And I didn't get a deal. Like, I, I can do this on my own. So yeah. I started pipelining. Dude, I don't know if you, you all know me that well, but I'm the most busy man ever <laughs> when I'm not busy. Like, you would think I have nothing going on this off season, but I like make stuff to do. So I'm like super into you know, networking, finding people that I need to talk to. So I was talking to agents, getting information about coaches' numbers, stuff that I probably wasn't even supposed to be doing. But I was sending them emails, sending them videos of my stuff. And what happened was I was really successful in in Des Moines. I scored like five goals and four assists and like 12 appearances. Nice. And what happened was Danny Barrera got injured here. Yeah. So I happened to email Graham Smith around the time. And so they called John because they knew John Pasquarello, the coach. And they asked about them, and I they talked to me, and I was like, yeah. They're like, we'll bring you for a two-week trial. That's all we can promise. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I risked all my money. I, I spent all my money for a one-way <laughs> flight the day before, came here, bummed it on the couch at Jeremy Hall's apartment nice. for two weeks. I was, like, skipping meals and stuff because I, no, I, I, I couldn't bear to ask my family for money because I just – I had my degree. I could, I could choose a better route, you know? Yeah. And I made the team, and I played under Paul, and then I've been here since. Wow, wow that that's awesome. That's a super cool yeah, story. It was, it was pretty sick. I had no idea. Like we don't see yeah, all that stuff. That of course, on, yeah, under the radar. I'm sure there's a bunch of guys that have gone through yeah. stuff like that. Like I slept on 
I don't know how many like living room floors yeah. bumming it through yeah. trials to just try to figure it out. Jeremy Hall too. And you just did you reach, or he offered you to stay there or you just um I think the club kind of put it on. Him. Okay, <laughs> but okay. he's a super. super hey, bro, cool we're paying dude. for your apartment. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're gonna have a roommate now. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> this he, is Hayden. Yeah. He's very nice. Yeah, no, he's a super cool dude, and like. I probably annoyed him like the first couple yeah. weeks that I lived with him because I was asking so many questions. I'm, yeah, you know, and and he's a he's a guy that you really want to pick his brain. He's, I was he's been around say, the block, and yeah. and he plays a similar position to me. You know, a little more defensive, but I like I picked his brain, asked a lot of questions. Same with Moffitt. Those two, I probably would say mm-hmm. like my uh, understanding of things is from them too. You know, yeah. they led me. That's awesome. That's well, super cool. One question I've been dying to ask <laughs> is when. Sacramento signed Sam Warner and Drew Skundrick the Stanford season. boys. Like, was there an initial like oh, break? Like, because you played yeah, them yeah. in the 2016 NCAA final. Like, was there yeah. an initial like? No, All right, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I was with Wake, I mean, there was huge tension between us and them. Yeah. Um, but I, I personally don't hold grudges or anything against yeah. people. Like, I'm very like easygoing with things. And I would, I remembered both of them, and I, I knew what they brought to the game, and I was like. I look forward to working with them. Yeah. Like they found ways to win, you know, a very different style than what I'm used to and maybe what I agree with, mm-hmm. but it's effective, you know, and and so I was happy to work with them, you know, and from the locker room and us meeting each other, no, like there was never any beef. There's never any like the, one of your questions earlier we were talking about uh, did someone have to do an introduction and make sure everything was good between us? <laughs> no, like it was just it was like organic and yeah. super chill. Um, sweet. Uh, so yeah, Sam, uh, I, he actually came and trained with us the 2018 season for a little bit. Um, so oh. I talked to him and stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, nothing like crazy. We just found a way, you know, to, I mean, I'm sure they made some jokes here and there, but I just was very professional about <laughs> it and just like got on with it, you know? Okay. So I don't even know. It's Wake Forest in the, cause the NCAA tournament is going yeah, on right now. It's over. Stanford and Wake Forest are in the final Are four. you serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't yeah. know. That's cool. Yeah. Dang. So, okay, so you mentioned your, like, a, a preferred style, like Stanford played a style that's just different. Mm-hmm. So what what do you think is, like, your preferred style of play? Oh, de- defi- definitely possession-based, possession-based, super attacking. So, like, that's the most broad I can describe, yeah. you know. Okay, get specific now. Okay, get specific. <laughs> so what at Wake, um, I actually played winger. So all the midfielders that okay. played in the middle of the park, that six, eight, and ten, were like youth national team like ballers you know so like I came in and they wanted me to play so they kind of morphed me into a different position so basically what I did was I played right mid um, but I played center mid from right mid so what I would do is our outside back was super athletic kind of like a Shannon Gomez a Jordan McCreary or even at Elliott you know Elliot Horde, um, an attacking outside back. So what I would do is I would start with my heels on the line every time we're in the build, and then I would creep into the middle and try to get the ball as a center midfielder. And every time I received the ball, that gave the green light to the outside back to then attack. And gotcha. so then I had him, I had the 10 to play off of. So like I would check in, get the ball, turn in the middle, play it off the 10, get it back, switch it, or cut in and play it wide to my outside back and just kind of those combination plays. So I'm really... I'm really always looking to like make triangles and I know that's cliche people say oh triangles triangles but like for the Portland game we were talking the Portland Portland 2 game that I scored the goal and had success that game we played a 3-5-2 that game so every time I uh, Jordan got the ball for instance I would just kind of stand into the half spaces in the middle um, on on defenders back shoulders because if you stand in those pockets 
it looks like you don't have any room, but you have more room than you think you do. You're, you're behind people's eyes, you know? Yeah. So I try to get in those seams right there. And if Jordan can pivot the ball to me, then I'm in between Billion and Jordan and I have two options always. So yeah. like I'm always thinking to put myself in the best situation so that I never lose the ball. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of things that I would do that our team, I don't know if some, some of them thought like that, you know, and that's why some things would break down and stuff. But like I was very systematic in that sense because that's what I learned at Wake for four years yeah. under two very good coaches. So. so so it sounds like what you did at Wake is a lot what Kevin Allimon did this year. He'd start on the start wide and then move centrally as McCrary pushed up. Right, right. Yeah, and you see that too because I mean Kevin Allimon, we know he's always going to his left. He's left footed, right? Yeah. And the most skillful players in the world, like Messi and stuff, they're you know they're going to the left, but you still can't stop them. Yeah. But we would play him on the right, yeah, so that he could become like an inverted winger. Um and that brings a lot, you know. Um Sam would then play on the left because Sam could cross with his left or shoot with his left and cut in on his right, you know? So there's that versatility. That's two options to think about. Like, Sam, you want to put, like, in isolation, you know, like kind of like basketball. Give KD the ball, leave him ISO, yeah. let him do his thing. Sam's the same way. Like, put it, get him wide, and he's going to do the guy, and then he's going to get a cross in, or he's going to do the guy and cut in. Mm-hmm. And then based on what he does, the outside back can get in around or just support and hang out and rest. Yeah. So the... You came to Sacramento in the middle of the 2017 season, so you've played under both uh, Paul Buckle and Simon Elliott. Mm-hmm. I know we were really interested just to see uh, how they differed tactically, what they were telling you to do, whether is it, it um, the same, was it different? Yeah, just yeah, always yeah. like playing under those two different coaches. Yeah, so Paul's like strictly English, like old school yeah. gaffer. You know? <laughs> okay. And, like I, I really liked it though um, because what he would do was he would tell you straight what he wanted and then he didn't care how you did it but if you got that job done then he was happy right so i came in my first year and he believed in me and that's the first thing like you need to go somewhere as a player where someone believes in you you know that's Absolutely, the biggest yeah. thing okay your your headspace the top 6 inches is the biggest thing in where you're going to find output so when i was under paul he would tell me he wouldn't say Hayden. He didn't know how to say my name. He said Aiden. Aiden. <laughs> this is why. Yeah. Aiden. So he would tell me what he wanted, and then he would let me be. He wouldn't micromanage. He That's wouldn't nice. do anything. And he believed that I would get it done. It might not be the way he would have thought of it, but it was a, a way that it got done, right? So Some creative freedom. I, yeah, yeah, I honestly think that was the best year of my career. Yeah. Or, yeah, my, the best yeah. year of my career, like, season. I know it was only half the season but I was free and I did what I wanted and I got in spaces where I thought were helpful for the team and I did what I thought was helpful for the team and never got shamed for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, So we would play like 4-4-2 block, you know, different like old-fashioned stuff and then sometimes we'd play 4-4-2 diamond, which I really like. Um, But if we were ever up on the road and stuff, we would like kind of sit in and then then win and I wouldn't say like that's the way I want to want to win but um those are the kind of things with paul but you knew where you stood like he would tell you straight where you stood and um if you had a problem with it then then that's that but he'll tell you like the truth straight up and you know where you stand and that's you get on with it like the truth with what with like say say i'm not playing for instance and i go in there and he's like you're you're not playing because this guy's doing better than you in this situation like this area of the game say it's transition defense whatever it may be whatever he wants right Mm -hmm. and it can change game to game um 
So he would be straightforward with you and you knew where you stood and then you're like, okay, I know what I need to work on, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you have, you have to have some thick skin, but exactly. know, if you have that thick skin, it, it's like, perfect. hey, I know yeah. what I need to work on. Yeah, for me, for me, like I want you to tell me, hey, this tell is not, up, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like tell me, I'm all about honesty, like up front and out in the open. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, Don't beat around the bush. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So okay, for sure. So some people, I mean, you know how this world is nowadays, people are really soft and yep. some people can't work with that. And, and I definitely understand that. Um, and I mean, I want to be a coach someday, but I'm going to be truthful. You know, yeah. I'm, I want to be a hybrid of, you know, find the players that can't do handle that and, you know, coddle them a little bit, but also be able to get like lay into them, but find a way to get the best out of yeah. all of them, you know? Yeah. Um, so with Simon, um, things were a little different. Simon was like a player's coach. Like he was, he was always trying to be everyone's friend, you know? And so I think Simon is more of a student of the game than Paul was. So like he's more of a tactician. He tries to figure out things. Um, Sometimes that could be a good thing. And sometimes that could be a bad thing. Cause I felt that he was so much a tactician that we would change so many tactics game to game that we didn't have our own identity in that gotcha. sense okay you know and so like for me at wake and what i've what i've i mean i have my own coaching portfolio i got my identity already like solidified yeah, you yeah. know so i'm always thinking about my myself and the team if i were to be the coach you know mm-hmm. and and i like try to step, take a step back but we didn't i didn't feel like we had an identity it would change too often if yeah. that makes sense and and because of that people would go into a game and yeah we had a week week spell of preparing for that game right but your your role in the same exact position has changed drastically so you're like kind of like second guessing yourself you know maybe not winning just you know uh, headers or just random like competing parts because you're like second guessing am I in the right space am I doing the right thing you know what I mean yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. And so to go off that a little bit, yeah. the 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 word identity was something that was a criticism mm-hmm. in the kind of middle part of the season, mm-hmm. this past season, mm-hmm. uh, when addressing the Republic and when we had kind of taken a dip, um, that was a criticism that was strong. So if you could just kind of take me through like that moment, that, that, that kind of like lowest moment in the season, mm-hmm. um, in this past season, and where you guys were at as a locker room. Mm-hmm. And then also because you picked it up and because um, out of that kind of low point, there was a streak of wins and, and we make playoffs and we were playing really well. So mm-hmm. if you could just kind of take me through yeah. that low point and then uh, after yeah. that kind yeah, of, of high point. Um, so when you're, when you're like a player and your team's down and you're and not doing so well and you've got a fan base like we do and yeah. social media and you're getting battered whatever it may be uh-huh. um dude it's it's tough you know yeah and if you don't feel if you don't have that constant communication from a leadership standpoint maybe from our coaching staff from whoever it may be um you're kind of like it lost in yourself mm-hmm. to to believe in it like individually to then collectively believe in it you know so one thing that I thought was good with Simon, and maybe sometimes we did it a little too much, was he would dissect that kind of stuff. And we would talk and we would have hard conversations together in a locker room with, with the leadership, with, with Todd, with all the coaches, with all the players. And we, he would be like, it's open floor. Like, you, you say what you need to say, you say what you need to say. And like, there's things that I'm like, 
like taking a step back, like, wow, did he just say that? Yeah. But it was good, you know? Huh. So that kind of stuff would happen over over a course of, I mean, I, the whole season, really. Um, but during that middle bit, like you're talking about, where yeah. we went through a spell of, you know, some poor results, um, we did that and we talked it out and we found like kind of a camaraderie within each other. And I think our identity kind of was born there. Yeah. Not tactically or anything or like theme of the play but but chemistry it was yeah Yeah. chemistry we were on on the page like hey man i'm gonna fight for you you're my brother you're next to me and i'm gonna go to war with you that's Mm -hmm. that's basically it and that was kind of what it was Hey, this is Zach at the 916 Republic Podcast, interrupting this episode to to tell you that we have a new YouTube page. You can actually go on and listen to this episode on our YouTube page, so go ahead and check that out. And I also want to thank our Patreon sponsors, patreon.com slash 916republic. You can go on there and you can support us financially. So thank you to those who are already helping us out financially and also letting you guys know that's something you can do. Um, Also, just want to let you know that this episode will be available on Spotify, Instagram, YouTube, and the Patreon information will be on all those platforms as well. Let's get back to the episode. So then... When you're talking about like things were brought up that really took you back, mm-hmm. is it like you're talking about like um, players play? Like like what are the types of things? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was times that that Simon would ask us like, "What could I do better?" And people would be like, "Could you communicate with us better?" Like for instance, like one thing, it was hard for the coaching staff to pick what players would play in the game or start or be in the 18, right? When you have a 22-man roster and you got academy kids knocking on the door and it's competitive, yeah. um, it's it's tough for a coaching staff. Like, I, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. But there was a time that I thought I was going to start a game and I showed up to the locker room and I wasn't even on the dress list. And, wow. and what do you, like, I'm fuming, you yeah. know? And I'm like, dude, tell me this earlier, you know? Because... I could have gone and worked out today or something. So stuff like that, you know, because then people don't know where they stand. And I mean, if you just say, hey, Hayden, we're going to rest you this game because of this, whatever it is. Right. But they would do they would do that if you asked for it. It wouldn't they wouldn't go out of their way and do it like already. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So so it sounds like what you're saying is Elliot is a really good tactically, but maybe just had some growing pains to go through as a head coach for the first time. Yeah, yeah, and it, I mean, he coached younger, younger kids too. So like, dealing with grown men, I don't know, it could have been different. Um, but I mean, no disrespect to him at all. That's just what I observed. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a great coach. I I loved playing for him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, I'm sure that's an area that he reflects on. Is like, okay, if when I'm a when I'm a head coach somewhere else or whatever he does in his next endeavor, this is something that I could work on. Yeah. So and one thing that I've I've heard about first-time head coaches mm-hmm. at higher levels is uh, they have a, a very well-developed plan of how we're going to defend, how we're going to transition. But when it comes to the final third, that can be a struggle for a lot of first-time head coaches. Mm-hmm. So could you maybe, you maybe kind of answered already, but could you walk us through what 
the general plan was when the team got in the final third. Because look, watching the games, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, it felt like we could defend really well, we would transition really well, but when we got to the final third, some things kind of broke down. And it felt stagnant. Yeah. yeah, so could you kind of walk us through what the game plan was? Yeah, I mean, I don't think really there was totally a game plan in that sense. I think, I mean, you, you listen to like Pep Guardiola, one of the best coaches in the world. He's like, my the the field's broken up in threes and I get you to the final third and then your creativity, you know. But Simon would try to give us guidelines and stuff, but this season I, I sat from the sideline a lot. What From what I saw, you know, sitting there and evaluating – I thought we did a lot of hopeful things in yeah. the sense that we get the ball in good areas, right? Um, but then we would just make a cross or something. We wouldn't actually like pick someone out. We'd put a, a cross in a dangerous area, which which can be good if you have people always in those areas to make the runs and make dangerous runs. But if those don't connect, then we're just crossing balls straight into people, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, like for me, what, what thing areas we needed to work on in that sense was we need to find ways to get in behind the back line more, right? So through rotational things in the midfield, which this was non-existent with us, um, through wingers interchanging, wingers coming in, outside backs getting high, um, Cam getting uh, underneath, getting the ball underneath, uh-huh. and then laying it off, and then maybe the 10 slipping in behind where Cameron just left the space. Mm-hmm. These kind of things confuse the defense, and they're like split-second decisions that they have to make and communicate. And over time, if you have spells of possession – they they make a mistake and you attack the area that's and then weak. Here you go. Yeah, yep. Sorry, I'm tackling the. No, mic. Good. <laughs> we do it all the time. Yeah, it's so fine. anyway. So yeah. So um, those are things like Thomas Innovolton. I was gonna great, say great player, right? Mm-hmm. He he found a way. He's not super athletic. He's not super fast. Like we know, he's a little older than the um, average age here in the league, but he's a very savvy player and he's mm-hmm. very smart. You yep. know, he found ways within our system within our formation, I wouldn't say our system, yeah. to be successful, right? Uh-huh. You wouldn't see him help in the build or help in possession or anything, but he would be in the space to have one-touch finishes. Right? And, and he was coordinating things. Like, exactly. oh my gosh, this is something this that we would say. Never went down. Yeah. No, like, it's something we would say on exactly. our podcast is like, this is why going to a game is yeah. so much more. Like, you can see Thomas Enavolson just coordinating yeah. from in the final third and yeah his yeah like you said his arms are never down and so right. and that and then and then we hit that upswing and then mm-hmm. we're now we're winning games mm-hmm. like um yeah no he was he was definitely a spark for right. sure yeah no i thought he was a great signing and um so like he found ways to be be successful you know and uh and develop uh chances on goal creating chances him mm-hmm. and cam kind of found a little um good chemistry together yeah um yeah. but yeah I, I wouldn't say there was like a main goal we would say oh this team is weak on the flank so like give uh, most of the time is give it to the wingers and let them do their thing and yeah over time that that's not going to work um they're yeah. and they're going to get tired and that, i'm sure that's why we did a lot of interchanging of the wingers like our two subs mm-hmm. every game two of our subs every game were our wingers was yeah. yep yeah so, so and you mentioned not rotation through the midfield was non-existent like what what does that mean exactly? Because I mean, not like playing wise. Oh like, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean like movement wise. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So the I guess the like a question that I had for you is um, like the fan base was really they wanted to see you play like mm-hmm. indomitable like we said it off the mic but mm-hmm. indomitable city soccer in an interview with Elliot asked like why isn't Hayden, why we wanted to see more of Hayden Partain this season mm-hmm. yeah. um, what was yeah, what what contributed to to the lack of playing time for you? Like, how was that 
personally being a part of the team all that like yeah what did that look like for yeah you? so um i went through the spell of uh like 10 or 11 games where i got subbed in like the 90th minute like two or three times yeah. at the beginning of the season and then i finally got my first start against las vegas and i played the number 10 position which that's not my position but i was like I was give me the playing time. Yeah. yeah, I was super excited. See, that, that's interesting to me because yeah. I actually pegged you more as a ten. I think yeah, your skill yeah. set fits it mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Like because I think you are a smarter player than you give yourself credit for, in yeah, my yeah. opinion. Like, so that that's surprising that you said that to me. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um. Anyways, I I I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. But like, I played ten and I had a couple of cracks and then I ended up scoring. Yeah. And it was my first game to start and I played like sixty minutes, which this is like a normal thing professionally. Is I'm not fully fit for ninety minutes. We're in the desert, you know. We're up one nil, so they take me out, which I, I get that, right? But yeah. then the team goes to lo- goes on to lose a game, and I'm on the bench, is and I'm the, super pissed. That was three one, three one, yeah. with like ten, two, three goals in the yeah, or yeah, three yeah. two, sorry, three yeah. two. Uh, Tyler had a consolation goal, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm super pissed about that, right? Yeah. So that was a road game, and then we went to Fresno, and like this is the kind of situation I went through. I wasn't in the lineup for the next game, and I'm like. Are you kidding me? I got my first chance. Yeah, I remember that yeah. being frustrating for us too. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So what happened was I think Todd like sensed that I was pissed off. Yeah. And he gave me a call and dude, Todd is like professional man. Like he's a very stand up guy. Like he handles everything very well from from what I've gathered and what I've experienced with him personally. Yeah. He called me and asked me like what I was upset about and stuff. I was like, Todd, man, I haven't gotten any looks this season. I finally played. I got a goal. I played number 10. Like, I created chances and I scored a goal. And then I get subbed out and we lose, yeah. right? And I'm, I can't do anything about the loss. I did all I could. And then the next game, I'm not starting again. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm fuming. Yeah. What, what is that? And no one said anything. I'm just dropped. And so I ended up starting after having that conversation. Really? I don't know if that changed it or what happened. And we ended up winning away at Fresno, mm-hmm. right? So, like, that was good for It was for a me. big deal. It was a big deal, yeah. Fresno was so very good last year. games kept going I was not playing playing it was kind of hit or miss and then I had a conversation with Simon I was like dude like I don't understand why I'm not playing he says he says that's on me like I've made decisions of what I think is best for the team and I never first of all never discredit that at all like if if a coach every coach that I have whether I agree with them or not I definitely think they're out looking for the best interest of the team yeah. never like botching something or have a bias or any of that I've never experienced that so I asked him straight up he told me straight up yeah like that's on me like you should be playing more keep training the way you've trained and you'll get your shot and so my next shot was Portland yeah right so and then I scored that game yeah. we went on to win 1-0 um, didn't finish the game quite the way I would like to have but we held on and got the win. Yeah. And then a couple more games went on. We were on the road for a bit. Um, and uh, we the team doesn't get results, blah, blah, blah. And um, then Drew kind of gets back in the lineup. And then till the end of the season, I knew I would go to training. And sadly, I knew I wouldn't even play. Mm-hmm. And that was hard for me. That was really hard for me. Like, as a player, when you lose your confidence and you know you're not going to play, like that, that's a really tough spot to be motivated. Yeah, and and so what I thought for myself was, hey, I'm just going to get better. Yeah. This is just training for next year, yeah. training for next year, and that's what I thought. And I was like, nah, I'm gonna. So there was times that even the second team, we would destroy the first team. Hmm. Like me and Ray, sorry, sorry, was in yeah. a similar situation, and we would just we would 
pass around the park and just it was so fun I found joy in in beating them yet not playing like yeah. you know so that's just kind of where I was at I did a lot of like reflecting um because I don't think I wasn't playing for a re I, I thought I wasn't playing for a reason right mm-hmm. so Drew played in front of me right so I looked at the things that Drew did really well and the things that I did really well and I was like all right this offseason I need to work on covering ground I need to work on my fitness like Drew's way more fit than me he's way more aggressive than me defensively better defensively and he's just a huge physical specimen and can cover like a lot of ground yeah and he's very athletic so I'm like I need to get in the gym I need to I need to run I need to push myself you know physically so that I can have my tactical and technical attributes and then compliment with that and then there's no way I can't play that's what I thought so that whole rest of the season I just trained for that um, and did a lot of reflecting and journaling to help my thoughts because I was I was upset I was sad I was yeah. angry yeah. but you always have to think about the team you know so I did my role in my training and then when I went to the games and stuff and I was on the bench I just encouraged the guys in front of me even though they're in my spot that's that's what you do as a player and a teammate so that's what I did Dang. so then you, you mentioned Todd Donovan and he's a you said he's a stand-up guy um what were the conversations like with you, your agent, him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after the season ended uh, that led to you not coming back? You know, if you want to get into that, if, yeah, if you yeah. don't, you know, we understand. Yeah. So um, basically, I mean, my agent really wasn't involved. I had, Todd and I handled everything in my end of the year meeting. And um, once I heard about Simon leaving, I thought that with the new coach coming in, I actually was going to stay, you know, because I didn't think that it was fair to judge me as a player off of this season. I didn't think I got a fair look to prove anything, right? Yeah. And the season before that, I did really well, you yeah. know, and I played a lot. So um, I actually thought that the, when I went in that meeting with Todd, I thought it was going to go very differently than it did. And um, he told me we're going to go a different a different direction, and um, that's that. Uh, you'll have till November 30th, so you can start talking to teams. Um, we'll let you know, like for sure, November thirtieth, um, what our final decision is, and and go from there. And I was and I was kind of I was upset, you know, of course, because I'd love to stay here. If yeah. they asked me back, I wouldn't have had any questions, right? Yeah. Um. So I was upset, but then again, with the way the season went and how upset I was during the season, I was understanding, like, hey, maybe my time's done here, you know, and I need to go somewhere where I'm I'm respected and appreciated a little more. And if if Todd's telling me that they're gonna go with a different way or a different angle of things then if he's telling me that they don't want me I'm not going to force him to want me and then put myself through a miserable season again if that makes sense so I respected I told him I said hey Todd like right here this was the first time this season that I really got straight honesty like just telling me hey and so I never was making up things in my head and I was like okay y'all don't want me here and that's fine I don't I don't just think less of myself or anything um, I'll go somewhere else where I'm more appreciated and, and I hope all the best for the club. That's kind of mm-hmm. how we left it. Um, so it's been, it's been good. And I've saw Todd two or three times since then. We still have a very good relationship. You know, he's, he's probably swamped a lot of things and we have a good, we just held it professionally and I have nothing against him and, and I still love this club. You know, I just wish I could be here. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the, the question I had was like, we, the fan base in Sacramento is very passionate. Like, there's twelve thousand or so at a, at a given home game, um, and it from my from what I see is a lot of fans 
attitude towards the team and the players kind of fluctuates with the last result or like mm-hmm. the last run of two or three mm-hmm. games. How, like you mentioned a little bit, you guys had team talks in the locker room after a, a hard result, but like, how do you guys handle the fan base being frustrated, going off on Reddit? I think at some point, even mm-hmm. like senior management was on Reddit. Yeah. Was it, but not Buckle, but. It was uh, Kevin Nagel. Kevin Nagel got on Reddit. It was like, guys, chill out. It's okay. But that was like, that's kind of crazy. Like, how how do you handle that as a player and and go through that with your teammates and stuff? Yeah, I think I think everyone handles it a little bit differently. Um, I know, like, when you're on the high and you're looking on media and you're getting praise, like, it's it's really easy to um, get complacent. Um, So I would say that there's a lot of people that do that. Um, And then when you're getting like, you know shit on mm-hmm. on social media like for me I look at everything you know whether you're shit on me or you're complimenting me like I'll take it yeah. you know I'll take it I'll look at it and I'll like evaluate it from their point of view I'm like you know what like they're right I was kind of crap today you know yeah. um so I think it varies uh I don't think that um the whole like general consensus of the team would be like so down because we're losing in the t- in the in the club is and the fans are like mad at us you know mm-hmm. because we know that it should be better right like yeah. they're they're regurgitating things that we know mm-hmm. right like you can't tell me we were bad because I know we were bad we know that that result wasn't good enough you know mm-hmm. so I wouldn't say like was it any worse than what we already knew um but I mean I lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> uh there was what was I gonna say yeah anyways go on yeah yeah sorry <laughs> no it's okay but um Cool. That's that. We have here in the show notes a picture of your. <laughs> you say it wasn't a mullet? It wasn't. But the mullet, sure you looks I'll show you an action shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'll pull it up. Of you like, denying, for Wake denying the mullet. Yeah, so yeah, for I'll all the it. listeners listening in, there is a picture of Hayden Partain on that the Wake Forest Athletic Department site. My senior year. Yeah. This was your senior year. Okay. Did Was it like this during the NCAA tournament? Oh, yeah. It was oh, like, yeah. Heck yeah. So that's what I'm that's saying. So it is, it that's is not sweet. It is, it is a very lovely set of hair. So that would be cool to you can, see. So like here, see, it's not a mullet. No. no it's, it's not, not a mullet. <laughs> I can confirm. Look, oh wait, no, you can see. You can see. Look, even me, even in this picture. Sam. Here's me against Sam. See? Oh, right. It's not a mullet. Oh, cool. Here, I'll pull it up. I'll show you all. See, it's, no, not, it's, a not, it's, it's not a mullet. It's just super long hair. No, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the flow. Exactly. exactly. So, Did you just Google yourself? Sam Warner behind yeah. <laughs> No, I, I didn't have it saved. <laughs> that was awesome. I didn't have it saved. So I Sam Warner it. is behind him, just hoping that he can catch up. Just exactly. Yeah. 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 Sam, Sam's way faster. Yeah. Probably two shots later of that camera action was probably him already <laughs> taking the ball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we only have a couple more minutes left to record, but... Can you give us any insights as to where you may be playing in the future? What your plans look like? If if the, I totally understand, you just ended your, your yeah, time in Sacramento. Don't uh, know at all. I fine. I'd say I had a lot of leads. Yeah. Um, and I've narrowed it down. Some of the options I'll be revisiting Sacramento, and some of them I will not. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll disclose. Okay. Fair enough. Sorry. Say say that again. I said I had a lot of leads. Yeah. I've narrowed it down to some teams. Some of the options I will play against Sacramento, yeah. okay. revisit Sacramento, okay. and some of them I will not. Okay, okay. dang, that's that's fair. fair. I think that's fair. That that's fair. fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, I hope it's leaves a little up for the imagination. Visit Sacramento. Yeah, so no, I'm sure I'll find that I'll I'll make a decision within the next coming weeks, hopefully before Christmas. Okay, so, oh, that's nice. All right. so, yeah, that's so speaking of that, 
you said you're uh, before the the we were started recording. We were talking about mm-hmm. you know you're newly married and you mm-hmm. got married uh, just before me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is your wife's first kind of encounter of oh my husband doesn't have a job. So yeah, how is she handling it? Is she doing okay? Is she is her head still on her body? <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. exploded. Yeah, she, I think she's less worried about that aspect because she knows that we'll get it sorted soccer wise. But I think she's more upset of of leaving soccer. Yeah, like because yeah. she worked yeah. at Sac State. Oh, and yeah. for the semester and she loved she fell in love with Sacramento and she had visited before but now that we've gone to Tahoe and yeah, uh, yeah dude and yeah and you go like to the beach Santa, Santa Cruz, Cruz yeah, yeah Santa Cruz and <laughs> Capitola so stuff like that she's like nah man this sucks and she loves wine so going to oh, Lula, yeah. oh yeah Napa like yep. it's, everything is you really you just close. got everything right here yeah. exactly so we're like hey we're, we're blessed we had six months here together yeah. to be able to do those experiences and now we might move somewhere that's way worse but <laughs> well, at least we got a little bit of time you know? <laughs> so I think she's more upset about that yeah. than than like oh he doesn't have a job I mean, yeah. so, sure. so you for got sure. lucky with her then that's, that's what it sounds great. like oh yeah for sure I mean she knew what she was getting into we're very <laughs> open in our conversation so so there was no, I knew she wouldn't be freaking out about the soccer aspect. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's sweet. That's <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Dang. Awesome. Well, All right. We guys have any more, any more questions? I don't think so. Right, Just good. want to thank you, Hayden, for coming on the show yeah, and thank you, giving two and a half years to Sacramento. It, was, it really was like super cool. I don't know if you know this yet, but like <laughs> you were my favorite player for Sacramento. And like when on the pod, it's always like, why aren't you starting Hayden Yeah, yeah like, That's fun. You know? No, like I think you came on in a two-one win, two-one loss to Reno, but that was like your first game, right? Where you scored yeah, a goal. Yeah. yeah, and like I was at that yeah. game, and that's where like I heard about you and stuff. So it's cool to sit down and get to talk to you before you. Yeah, of course. So. I'm I'm grateful to be here, and I hope I answered some questions and gave you oh, some yeah. more information. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some quality um, stuff. You didn't know. Yeah, you did. All right. Well, thanks for being on the the show, Hayden, and we we hope to potentially see you back. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. Maybe this season. I don't know. Maybe right, you'll well. come back to good old Papa Murphy's Park. We'll be on the field with our press access. We'll come say hi. We'll come say hi. We'll come dap you up. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Well, as always, everyone, glory, glory. Sacramento. Sacramento.